Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth with Eden and Kim, shifting you into higher consciousness, the show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, special interviews with inspiring guests, intuitive readings, channeled messages from beyond, including celebrities, hot topics to expand your awareness, and time for questions from the audience. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hello, everybody. It's Kim and Eden. Eden and Kim. Hello. Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth. We're excited to be here. We have a very extra special guest we're excited about. We're going to announce in a little bit. And it's it's a fun, exciting topic. I think that um, what inspired it for me is that through my motivational, inspirational speaking, the, one of the most common things I hear over and over is how do I figure out my life's purpose? What is my purpose? And what I find is a lot of people have their purpose based on shoulds and they base it on social acceptance or how much money they're going to make or what their culture told them to do or their parents or even a teacher told them they could or couldn't do instead of what is in their heart. Yeah. And, and, and an example that comes to mind is I, I know a friend of mine um, wanted to do documentary filmmaking and, and produce music documentaries. And she always felt she wouldn't make money. And so she went and got a degree in something else, totally opposite, and has never felt happy or fulfilled, but still hasn't, you know, dove into that other career. And you hear that a lot. And another common thing is is women end up living for their kids and they don't have their own purpose. So when the kids go off to college, they don't, they're like, what's my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. I get that a lot with my clients and they just feel like there's nothing more that being a mother makes them happy and that's enough. But once the kids leave the nest, they have an emptiness. Yeah. They just empty nest, empty nest. Yeah. (laughs) And they feel like there's, there should be more, but they don't know how to find it. So, or have beliefs, limiting beliefs that, Oh, I'm too old now. Who's going to want me Mm -hmm. or whatever. Like just crazy things that get put in your head. Yeah. And so I, I really find it interesting and, and fascinating to talk to people about how to find their purpose. And sometimes it's great just to have examples. And, and that's what our, one of our guests that's going to be on later is, you know, how to really stay in your purpose. And even if your purpose changes, how do you adapt to that? And how do you sometimes even reinvent yourself? And I feel like, you know, the timeline of your life, sometimes you look back and you go, I did this as a career and this and this, and it's all these different things, but then they add up and sometimes then it adds up into what your purpose is. So it's, it's really interesting to take inventory on yourself. And there's also this feeling that people overlook when it's like a calling. You feel like this is what I should be doing, but nobody explores that. Not nobody. People don't explore that. They don't know that there's that actually a a passion that's fulfilling and gratifying that they don't realize that's what their calling is, Mm -hmm. but they're just looking for maybe the monetary, you know, money, trying to make money. Oh, this is where I can make the most money Mm -hmm. instead of where I could be the most happy. Yeah. And it's based another thing that's important. I feel is, and I've talked about this on another episode is ask yourself, do I feel a hundred percent about this? Does it make me feel alive? Is it aligned with who I really am? And that's going to help you decide, like, is that my purpose? Is that something I'm meant to step into? Is it my calling? And, and things like that. So we'll, we'll go more into that with our guests in a bit. But another funny thing we're going to be talking about is 
is ego and authenticity and in, in careers. And Eden and I were talking about how we both have done some stuff in the media. media. And I actually sang in a rock band and did some modeling and acting and, and stuff, a lot of it back in the day, and ran into so many different famous people. And you get so many unique perspectives on, is this person real? Is this person in their head or, or trying to be someone they're not? And uh, are they nice or mean? You know, things mm-hmm. like that. And Eden had some interesting stories as well. Uh-huh. Yes, and, I do. And so for me, I think the one, we were talking about it and the one that that stood out because Luke Perry passed away recently sadly is I worked on 90210 years ago um 93 94 I was actually photo double and stand in for Tori Spelling and that's how I got into SAG and then I pursued acting after that for quite a while and I remember you know I I want to preface this with I hear she's very nice now she is because I met her two, three years ago. Yes. But at that time, I was about 1920. She would look at me, dirty looks, wouldn't give me the time of day. Weren't you, if you were her stand-in? Yes, I had uh, to be. Maybe she was in competition with you. It was so weird. I But I was young, so I felt really left out and strange, uh-huh. like, because I'd have to be in the trailer getting ready with her, and she'd ignore me or kind of uh. give me weird looks. And I'm like, I, I was hired to do this, you know, and it was a good experience. But the guys on the show, all the girls were kind of like that, except um, Gabrielle Carteris. She was really sweet. Oh, yeah. But the guys, all the guys, Luke Perry and Jason Priestley and Ian Ziering, were so overboard, nice, down-to-earth, cool guys. So it was just a cool way of, like, seeing perspectives back then of how people's relationships are. Oh, Yeah. Well, here, I have a great story to tell you. Actually, a couple stories. This is fun. Um, David Lander. Does everybody know who that is today? I don't know if anybody knows who David is, but he was Squiggy on, oh, yeah, on Laverne yeah. and Shirley. Yeah. So I was I, a huge fan of Laverne and Shirley. You were? Okay, you might appreciate this. Um, so the story about him, I uh, was at a restaurant in Westwood with my family, and I was 12 years old. And... We were always excited to see anybody who was famous. And he was at the restaurant eating lunch. And my mom insisted that she bring me up to him to go get his autograph, ask him for his autograph. So she dragged me over with him and and with her. And before we could even get the words out, he started yelling at us. (laughs) Yelling? Yelling. He literally was yelling. And he has that squiggy voice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He did. Yeah. Yeah. So it was funny to look back at now, but at the time, I was traumatized. I just felt like I could never go up to anyone famous. I what, looked what up to them. What was he yelling at you? Oh, he just said, how dare you ask me? I'm eating lunch here. Oh. Yeah. So he wasn't accessible or open, but it, it did traumatize me. It made me feel like it was wrong and, and that he was better than me. Mm. And... I should treat him like, you know, bow down to him. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty much the the way that I, from that point on, that I would that I saw celebrities. They weren't humans, you know, just equals. Because you were young they, when yeah, it happened. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I also saw them as untouchable. So I would never want to go up to another one again. So years later, I uh, was at Dan Tana's. And... <laughs> Uh, we were standing out. I was with my husband, my parents. We were standing out on the curb waiting for our car to come from valet. And one of my favorite of all time is Drew Barrymore. Yeah, yeah, I love her too. Yeah. So she walks by. 
and she walked into the restaurant and we were supposed to be leaving at that point but I was drawn into her so we walked back in all I wanted to do was just look at her but my mom again she she did the same thing she did with Squiggy <laughs> she she's like we gotta go in let's go talk to her so I kind of dragged like 20 feet behind her because I was very intimidated because it was a celebrity yeah like it was with Squiggy <laughs> so I watched her walk by I thought she was literally literally gonna about walk by that's it she ended up stopping at the booth and she was chatting with her and I was like oh hesitant should I go should I talk to her too but I did so I went over to her and she was so open and we ended up talking to her, her for probably a good 20 minutes. And she was telling us her life. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And she, she was just very, um, like I said, open, but talking about her personal life, sharing things. Real. Yes. Very real. So I had a good experience there. So it, it made everything a little bit be- better for me. Mm-hmm. Kind of made up for Squiggy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So another part of the story was Squiggy. Um, I found out probably a few years, maybe five years ago. I met some new friends and we were chatting away and I told her the story about what happened with Squiggy. And she says, you're not going to believe this. He is my mom's best friend. Oh, no. <laughs> and be- talking yeah, before, Yes, because before I found that out, I was talking bad about him. Oh, you know, no. I was. And maybe he just had a bad day. But it's how oh, you saw it. Yeah, it could be. So anyways, but she, I said, please do not tell your mom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. And then it'll get back to him. See, and then he'll learn. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Yeah, maybe he'll hear this. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So what's yours? What happened? Well, you know, you know what else comes into mind about, I remember that before I had confidence like I do now, and, mm-hmm. and I used to be a lot more insecure in the acting world, and I had started um, auditioning. And speaking of Luke Perry, I had this agent that was actually a pretty big agent. He was Luke Perry's agent, Sid Levine. And and he's he's pretty well known now. He has a radio show, I think. Um, I forgot which channel, the one, maybe the one Dr. Drew does. Um, but it, so I was all excited, like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting all these big, you know, big auditions. And I was still pretty insecure. I think I was like 19, 20. And so I go to this audition and it was with Martin Lawrence and Tim Robbins. And it ended up being for that movie, Nothing to Lose. It was from quite a while ago. Yeah. And I remember going in all thinking, you know, okay, I have a chance. And I was going to play the main girl with Martin Lawrence. Uh-huh. And then it said that I had to do a nude love scene with him. And oh, no. I remember I just freaked out going, oh, no, I can't. I can't do that. I just wasn't in my integrity to do yes. that. Uh-huh. And so I purposely messed up the audition. And so Sid wasn't too thrilled because they like kind of heard back that it wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. And then I remember not knowing the etiquette of the industry back then. And back then there was no cell phones, no beepers even. And so I forgot to tell the agency I was going on vacation and I missed a couple auditions. They dropped me like nothing, just dropped me. And for just for that. Yeah. I and then that's how it was. And then um, ironically, I saw, sadly, because I'm friends with him on he's fine. You know, I wasn't mad at him, but but he's on Facebook, Sid Levine. And I saw that for some reason, SAG dropped him as an agent for being sick 
for a period of time. And so oh. it's very, I thought that was very strange because it was right after I talked to you about it and then mm-hmm. I saw that. And so I'm hopefully he's straightening it out, but it's interesting the way the world works. But um, it's also interesting to look back at how insecure I was and that, you know, how confidence can actually be developed and grow over the years. Oh, yeah. And and it also reminds me about going to the Playboy Mansion. I used to go to the Playboy Mansion all the time. Uh-huh. I was in this female rock group. We'd go to the Playboy Mansion all the time, and we would see such an an, an we'd see such an array of really authentic, great people, and very very few that weren't. They all were really great. So we met like Simon Cowell and. Um, Bill Maher was great. Um, a couple really eccentric ones were, I remember they were really, really eccentric, but but nice. Uh, John Lovitz, Crispin Glover. Uh, wow. Um, but I, I love John Lovitz. Yeah, he's hilarious. <laughs> but the one that stood out that disappointed me, like you're talking about with Squiggy, mm-hmm. and, and I still like her, she's funny, but uh, Jenny McCarthy was there. Uh-huh. And I was teaching special ed at the time. And so I was really impressed with her work with autism. And with so her I, son. Yeah, yeah. And so I went up to her and told her, wow, I love what you're doing with your book and, and your son. And she rolled her eyes at me and just goes, uh, yeah, and walked away. And I was shocked. I actually was kind of frozen for a minute going, wow, I was complimenting her. Yeah. And so that gave me a kind of a strange taste too, like something, Mm -hmm. especially because when I would go to those parties, everyone was so nice and down to earth. And so then she really stood out as being, you know, kind of rude. And so I could see how it can kind of stick in your head. Like, you know, how, who's an ego, who's authentic, who's sweet, who can stay down to earth, you know, that kind of thing. Uh Uh-huh. And why? What makes them feel like they're better than yeah. The next person. Yeah. yeah. But it yeah. really does show you how it how it really sticks out. Um, one of the ones I met, too, was Danny DeVito, who was really down to earth. And, and I met him on set one time and he uh-huh. showed us his offices and gave us acting advice and showed us his life size penguin from the Batman movies. Oh. And he was one that really stood out as, as just a great down to earth guy. So oh, that's good. I yeah. have one. Um, oh, my goodness. I can't remember his name. Never mind that one. But uh, Sylvester Stallone oh, was one that I oh, met. met him? We were on the set of Demolition Man. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. And uh, he wasn't nice. Oh, I don't want to hear that. I'm sorry to say. I love him. <laughs> yeah. He no. was just having a bad day. Okay. <laughs> we'll keep saying that. <laughs> Anyways, okay. we, we are, we're just having fun here. We, we thought it'd be funny to talk about media stuff because sometimes our episodes are so deep and complex. And so we said we ought to have light episodes once in a while. But now, now we're going to get light and deep mixed together. And we have a great guest. And we were so happy he said yes to come on our show, Billy Huffsey. Many of you remember him. Eden and I watched him on Fame and many other things. He's done music and movies and TV. And he reinvented himself from being in front of the camera to behind the camera and helps thousands, if not more, people to succeed in their life purpose and in their lives. So welcome, Billy. Mm, thank you for having me. Yeah, Thank you excited. for coming. Enjoyed your... Uh celebrity bashing here <laughs> oh no i happen to know every one of those people <laughs> would you agree then no oh. no no you know what everybody has a bad day exactly. and you know what um the key to success is when preparation meets opportunity you you know you prepare to get up to the uh, jenny mccarthy uh, i know her it's very nice yeah. Uh, but you know what? Something could have happened. Uh, little story. I coached an ex-real girlfriend of mine for a role. And she was great. She was great. And I said, she's been on two TV series. Could I coach a lot of 
uh, series regulars. Yeah. And she's going to the audition for another series, and it's the last callback. She's ready to kill it, and uh, her boyfriend at that time calls her. She picks up the phone. They argue for 10 minutes. She goes in, and she sucks. Uh, so we don't know what happened five minutes before. Exactly. Oh, right. You know, and, and these, these people are hit up so many times. Um, well, you know how it feels. Yeah, um, and I, um, um, I, was just, uh, I was just at the airport and coming in from my, my school in, in Phoenix, and um, I saw Eric Estrada. Uh-huh. And um, there was uh, probably about 50, 60 people asking him for his autograph. Oh, wow. and, and he was so kind. Yeah, oh. yeah. He was so, I, and I saw him after because he's, you know, acquaintance of mine. And I says, uh, yeah, they put you to work. He says, yeah, you got to do it because I'll tell you what. The minute you say no to the last person, that's when a camera's on you and then you're an idiot. I said, wow. But he was so generous and, and uh, so pleasant. That's uh, nice to hear. It is. So, well, and you I know, like this perspective because it can, that can be with, with your friends, your family. You know, you don't want to judge someone based on one moment. And so it's a great lesson um, to be able to be open-minded when you're looking at somebody sure. and talking to somebody. Sure. And, you know, uh, I'm sure if you met those people at a different date, they would have been, you know, in, in, in a better state of mind, you know, oh, possibly. We, we all, we all, we all go through those times. And if somebody is like that continuous, then God bless them. And they need to, you know, don't go up to them. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> you know, what I do. Just I kind avoid. of avoid. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I get it though. I get it. Like if somebody's eaten, um, it's probably not the best place to go up to somebody. I'm ready to bite my hamburger. Could I yeah. have a? Oh, yeah, oh. I know. Or I'm 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 on a date with yeah. this girl for the first time, and mm-hmm. you keep coming over, honey. Yeah. Can't you see what I'm driving and close this deal here? It's the first time. Come on, give me a little. <laughs> but see, you don't know what they're going through either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I think I think understanding is is paramount. That's great. Yeah, you know? and I think it's worse yeah. now, right? Like with the paparazzi, and it's gotten a lot worse. Um, yeah, because the more aggressive people are. Now I think the first thing as a celebrity we should do is is try to be kind and 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 try to reach across the aisle and say you know okay okay but sometimes it gets crazy could you imagine being elvis presley oh gosh or michael jackson Mm. i mean you know people would be i mean i still know people someone just said to me the other day that when she was younger she would go hang out in front of his house in encino he would always have a crowd of people just sitting there i was one of those when i was a kid Mm -hmm. (laughs) I live up there. I, I, okay. I, 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 yeah. You know. I used to see that. And, and that's how I recognized. I said, why are people always standing in front of that house? Always. Yeah. And then when I did Fame, I, I drove Janet Jackson home. That's where she lived. Uh-huh. On a street that I won't say. You, you can I'm say sure it, you but can I'm not saying it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know the street. Yeah. What was, what was that like when you were, you know, when you were on Fame? And did you have people, like girls chasing you and at your door and... All those things. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I was doing a, a concert in Israel, and um, that was um, pretty big concert. Uh, sold out seventy five thousand people, oh, and awesome. I'm I'm singing and I'm reaching over to you know shake hands. And this other girl, um, she, she was pretty strong. She took me by the hair and actually pulled me, ripped my hair out of oh. my head, and pulled me over. So that you know, uh, the, it was she uh, wanted to keep horrible. it as a souvenir. Uh, yeah, and me, and I was going what? along with the with, with the lunchbox. I was being you know, and then they they pulled me back, and I'm like, wow, that was different. Now I learned. Now that was kind of my fault for getting so deep into the audience. Okay, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. But you learn, you know. So uh, I did, and you know. But it was okay. It was fun, but it didn't feel like great. But um, and, yeah. and it grew back, so I'm cool. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you um, recovered. And 
So for for your career when you were doing that, what was your favorite with TV, film, singing? Yeah, I I, I sing, dance, act, and I, I play seven instruments. And you know what? When people they always ask me that question, what do you like the best? You know what I like the best? Whatever I'm doing at the time. Oh, nice. I'm so present. You know, tomorrow's you know to, to, if you're not present. In where you're at, in my 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 philosophy, is that you can never be great, because you got to be there. You got to be in the moment, the spirit, the psyche, the the, mm. the, the emotion. Mm-hmm. Everything is present, and that's when greatness comes. Mm-hmm. Do you have a book or anything like that 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 motivates you related to that? I wrote a book. Um, oh, I re- nice. <laughs> I, I I read one in high school, and I wrote one after. That was ah. it for me. I wasn't a school guy, um, but it was called Stepping Up. And it was a, a, a little guideline for young people to be successful, like doing mm-hmm. drugs. And I show a, a little example is like doing a 100-yard dash in a 90-yard gym. Bang, you're going to get smashed. And then what I try to do is uh, edify them that they just need to step to the right, open the door, and take the next 10 yards. That's 100 yards. Um, those kinds of things. Um who there's there's success in uh, who you surround yourself with as a kid you're very influenced Hmm. like as a finger by yourself you know it's a loner it's you're a weak entity but you put five together it's a fist is very powerful and that goes through us today as a business as well as you know you're a product of your environment you look in the mirror i'll show you you that's mm-hmm. when you want to find yourself. Mm-hmm. Look in the mirror, and I'll show you That's you. Beautiful. You know, and 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 it's okay. And, and what I do, I, um, you know, I, I I had a pretty good career. Done everything from singing, dance, Las Vegas, uh, Europe. Um, did a soap for years and years. Which one? Three soaps. Um, probably not your favorite, but just go along like she you loves do, soaps. like it. Days of Our Lives. Okay. Um, and I did. Uh, I remember when he was on Days of okay. Our Lives. Because well, I'm a soap fan. And I did. Uh, I did a, a few episodes. They went out of Vinnie Bombatskin, and somebody could talk like this. He, I says, yeah, I could uh-huh. do that. That was Young and Restless. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, I, I watched uh, that. Her name was. Bella or Bell or something like that. I forgot, but oh. that was fun. Okay. And um, um, did a couple episodes uh, on General Hospital. Oh, okay. That That's was, mine. That's my show. That was what Luke, year were Luke you? and Laura. Okay, you were in the 80s. 80, yeah, okay. Early 80s, because then okay. shortly after that, I was on, on Fame. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I have to so look cool. back. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Okay, it's, so now I know you coach. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, well, when I, I retired from acting, and um, I had a, had an illness. I had to get through that. It took me a little longer. And um, uh, through that illness, I, I, I learned humility and uh, because, you know, your next day is not promised. Mm-hmm. Unequivocally, your mm-hmm. next day is not promised. And um, the psychological aspects that go through being, being ill. And, um, you know, I, uh, I'm a Christian, so I say praise God that I was able to yeah. move forward. And, mm-hmm. and then uh, I came back as a manager and was... Pretty successful as a manager, and I, I, uh, I loved it. Um, managed a, a big time rush, uh, James, oh. James Maslow. Uh, he was just uh, in a, a Lifetime yeah, movie. I just yeah, watched. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I met him at fourteen. He said, "I want to be a great actor," and and I and I started to work with him because he didn't say I want to be a star. He wanted to be a great actor. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be a great singer. There's substance there. There's stability there because it's based on truth, mm-hmm. not like look at me, I'm a star. Right. Uh, and there's the you know that's why he's still doing it. And I just had uh, lunch with him. He's 29 years old, and I I met him at fourteen. Huh. It's a great, oh. great, great 
great story. I, yeah, he's come pretty far. Jake Short, a great, great little funny actor. I just did a film with uh, the Wayne brothers. Mm. Um, with the Wayans brothers? Wayans brothers, yeah. Oh, I love yeah. them. <laughs> and then, my uh, my 12-year-old, or 13, now she's 13. Okay, she's obsessed with In Living Color. Like, she uh-huh. watches it like five episodes a day. Like, that's that's, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> had to say that. You know, it's, it, no, it's all good because it, when I work with my clients now and then um, so I'll just take us forward. Then I, uh, I had to go through another little illness period, which mm-hmm. was a drag. And then I came back as a coach. So consequently, after my career, um, I, I, I was always an entrepreneur. When I was an actor, I owned um, the mortgage company, mm-hmm. building maintenance, landscaping company, limousine company. I, I did everything outside show business. I never really was, wanted to be a director or producer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this, so when I came back, I was kind of behind the scenes as a manager, behind the scenes now as a coach. And um, I'm very passionate about it. A lot of my colleagues say, geez, you know, you, you could still be doing this, this, that. Yeah, but see, I make a living by giving. So there's so much gratification mm-hmm. in that. You know what I'm oh, saying? I feel oh, you, you can see it. You can see it in your mm-hmm. eyes, yeah. like your passion. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just want everything to be great. And, and we were talking earlier about do, do people put you on a pedestal? Well, you know, I, 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 I try to teach them that, you know, no, I'm just a, a conduit to your success. Mm. You know, I'm not perfect. None of us are infallible. Every single one of us, uh, you know, fall. You know, but when we fall, make sure you fall on your back so you're looking forward when you get up. Mm. So you keep moving forward. Right. You, you learn know? from it. But I, I, I tell my, my clients that I'm, I'm going to make you a better singer than I am. I'm going to mm. make you a better actor than I am. And the best form of themselves, best version of who they are. Most important is you have to know that you are good enough. I didn't say just mm. good enough, but you are good enough mm-hmm. to be successful in anything you want to do. Um, very interesting. I, I want to comment, if I could go back to uh, listening to your beautiful ladies talk, because it was fun. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, see, mothers, are, are, I was raised with all girls. Mm-hmm. There's like eight of them. Seven oh my gosh. Of them, and I'm the baby. So, uh, you know, I, I know my place. No so, brothers? Yeah. No. Oh, no, wow. No. Uh, but I, I respect and have the utmost respect for women. Um, but if they are the, 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 the mom and, and the homemaker, that's a big job. Mm-hmm. That's a huge job. <laughs> yeah. No. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. we know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and because not, I saw it because they, my sister's older, they had to take care of me as well Mm -hmm. and then their kids and now their kids have kids it's crazy um but but i i I think that's really important um back to to my philosophy uh, when the key to success is when preparation meets opportunity i think that women have a tougher job because if they are going to be the homemaker they've got to think about when the emptiness happens where they're going to go so when they do go to school when they do go to college and so on and so forth they can prepare themselves throughout that uh, motherhood Probably yeah. the wrong name That's for okay. it, but I think you're, you're feeling me here, and and then they can move into that if that if, if that is is. Um, in their in their path if that's their desires their passion yeah. because you advice, can't expect yeah. somebody 45 years old to go get a job now because they're going to say okay listen you're making 10 bucks an hour so if right. they prepared with the right degree with mm-hmm. the right training with the mm-hmm. right whatever it takes mm-hmm. to sustain that focus throughout as much as they can throughout which is not a lot of time i get that but 
when they're ready to step into the next, they're prepared. Yeah. Because, you know, I agree. It's a real difficult, very arduous task for a woman to just, okay, um, I'm I'm 45. Yeah. I I work really hard. I raised five kids. I could do this. Oh, great. What do you (laughs) know? Nothing. I haven't done. So I think that, you know, uh, we have to go back and, 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 and really study, you know, and, and know ourselves, what am I going to want to do? And it's a very easy task. That you have to look down, okay, I'm 25, I got a kid, two kids, I'm going to probably have one more. Where do I want to be when I'm 50? Now work backwards. But I think their mindset is, I'm a caretaker. Mm-hmm. So when it comes time to stop taking care of the kids, when they're raised, they're grown, and, and on their own, they don't know how to transition from being the caretaker to taking care of themselves and what their needs are and meeting their own desires and goals that's what i just said be 50 and work yeah. your way back to 25 or do it on the side like you know, a few hours a week you know do something yeah, I on know. the side yeah. I, I understand what you're saying yeah. but i think if you're feeling me it's, it's, you have it's big word it's called you know having sagacity that means shrewd with far-sighted judgment you got to know right. i knew when i was you know i'm gonna retire I, I i took my pensions and then i became a manager and it says you know listen oh boy this cat when it happens through an illness it's on the dime. It's you don't have those those twenty five years to think about it. Mm-hmm. Your whole life goes one eighty in the other, and it gets kind of dark back there in some scenarios. Mm-hmm. So what you do, you know, um, when you think you've exhausted every possibility, know that you have not. There's only there's always there's one yes out there that can change mm-hmm. your world. Yeah. And you know what? When I moved to Hollywood, I, I I said to myself, well, if I don't don't make it, I didn't make it. I. I, I did. I just the time ran out before I was able to. Mm. So if I had that positive attitude, you know, positivity breeds positivity. Negativity always breeds mm-hmm. negativity, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. and negativity is on steroids. I can see your motivational speaker side mm. yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. You could do a TED talk, see? Yeah, <laughs> but but I'm passionate about people, and you know, um, I, I I believe in looking up to a celebrity or 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 a. a, 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 a a rabbi or a minister or a, or whatever a big brother a dad um but know that you um you are valuable as well mm-hmm. and on that no person hero. yeah you don't need to have a hero always um yeah i i love heroes and i i love them but if i'm gonna go even if it was a professional football player and i'm 112 years old i can't run if i ran across a room you'd have to you know give me oxygen but in my head and in my heart i'm gonna drive him through the wall even though he's 300 pounds mm. you know seeing his believing mm-hmm. you know right. and so that, that, that's, but a lot of people do, they cop out, oh, I wish I could do this or I wish I could do that. But, you know, you have to do the due diligence do the to get there. Mm-hmm. You can't just talk about it. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about, well, I want to do this and I want to do that. You know, I have a lot of buddies of mine say, oh, man, if I came out to L.A. and Hollywood with you, man, I would have been successful like you. I says, <laughs> yeah, great. No, no, you wouldn't. Because you know what? You didn't even have the guts to get in the car to go to L.A. Uh-huh. Because yeah. is it? Do you think part of it is ego? Because they're worried about what people think will think of them. No, I, you know, I, 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 you, you were talking about that. I don't know if it's ego. I, um, I think it's just insecurity. Remember what I said is, you know, I, I believed when I got in that car with my buddy and we we're driving from Ohio here. I, w- I prepared myself as much as I possibly could. That's like people when I when I when I coach my people going in for auditions, and a lot of them are a lot bigger stars than I, and I coach them. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if they're not believing it and feeling it, um, and they're not present in what they're doing, mm-hmm. their heads all over the place. You know, they got to be that they're not going to be successful. You okay, know? so they need to be heart centered. 
Yeah, I, I, ego is like edging God out. And if you're not a religious person, ego is etching greatness out. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, because yeah. I play both sides. I, you know, whatever you believe is kind of mm-hmm. me, non-confrontational. You know, like I said, none of us are infallible. We're all trying to be better. And my job is trying to make other people better. I fall every, I'm, listen, nobody's perfect. But mm-hmm. but until um, the day my heart takes its last bait, I'm going to keep trying, mm. you know. That's beautiful. I know. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you're right up there with all of our beliefs and and who we try to be aligned you know? with us yes definitely yeah. yeah yeah okay so um do you feel others look at you as a hero yeah we talked a little bit though you know i i i try to tell them listen um the only difference between me and you mm-hmm. they could be younger people i coach people from eight years old to 79 okay i was gonna say 80 but i do have a 79 year old mm-hmm. um but i they don't need to look up to just got to respect what i do not in terms of what I'm coaching them on. And, and as long, see, the key to being a successful coach is my investment is you. I have to invest in you. I have to find greatness in you. And then when I, when I study them, when they're talking to me normal, and I study them when they're, uh, when they're working. And I could, I could pull out greatness because that's the, the gear that I put myself into. I'm not in front of the camera. I'm behind the camera. What could I do to make that person funny? That line isn't funny. What could we do? You mm. know, if there's a will, there's a way. Wow. You know, and, and I think that that's really, really, really important because there's many, many, many ways to go. Just take a hand. You got five different ways and there's going to be five different results. My, my philosophy in terms of acting, there's 10 really good ways to deliver a line, but there's one great line. There's one great. And, and you're going to pull that greatness out th- of them. That's, that's my job is really mm-hmm. try to find that greatness through them. Mm-hmm. But it's not me. So I, I, I tell them, it's you that is doing it. It's just kind of like Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even if you don't follow football, people know those names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one's a coach, one's a star quarterback. But it's the chemistry and the relationship that they have is just unbelievable. It's incredible. You know, and that goes back to the theory. As a finger, you're a weak entity, but when you put five together, it's very powerful. And as an actor, you want to put that team together, whether it's your agent, manager, publicist, branding agent, coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the biggest, the biggest uh, stars that I do know all have coaches mm-hmm. because it's, it's that second set of eyes. And, and the, the way I explain this analogy, you, you got uh, Tiger Woods in his heyday, mm-hmm. greatest golfer in, in his heyday, and his coach always there. Now, there's no, no question that the coach knows a thousand times more than Tiger. But if they would play for $100,000, 18 holes, who would win? Uh, Tiger. He's the young stud. But without the wisdom of the coach, he would go nowhere. Mm-hmm. And that's what the age gives us. Is I'm, I'm half Native American. And that's why the chief is always the oldest person. Uh-huh. Because he's got the most wisdom. Because mm-hmm. he's what? He's seen it pretty much all. The, right. wise, the wise one. Yeah. 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 And and that's what I try to do. And I feel that there's a, a big responsibility because a lot of my friends will say, oh, yeah, I like to coach, too. I said, that's good. I'll just remember one thing. When when they go in to that audition, they're taking a piece of you in there. Mm-hmm. And I feel a sense of strong responsibility because if I tell you, hmm, do it this way instead. No. And didn't collaborate with 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 you in terms of of how we should feel this emotion or mm, then i think that um that makes me feel sad because mm-hmm. I, I i wasn't um forthright with making that person superior and the best that they can be and also educating them because people ask me what makes me different than uh, a, another coach and i think you know they're all great 
for, for me to ever denigrate anybody, first of all, that's not in my wheelhouse. I don't denigrate anybody. Mm -hmm. I think everybody has something to offer mm -hmm. in, in the world. And I think when you're open to that, it's cool. But um, I think what really helps me is because I've all, I, I've done it. I've been in the audition room with the casting directors, with the producers, with the directors, call back to network. Um, and I could educate people because I know what's coming. You can and, walk the talk. And that doesn't change. What what I have to educate my, my clients is that those people, those casting directors, producers, directors, they want you to be great because you make their job what? Easy. Mm -hmm. Now I'm great. They love me. And... I get the job. Now, on Fame, they audition 40,000 boys. Now, was I the best? I was probably the best on that last day when they were broke it down to four. Wow. But all of them could have got, did the role, and, and I'm sure do it very, very, very well. Very, very but, well. But it was probably also your calling, you know? Mm -hmm. It was meant to be. I just, yeah, I'm very blessed, and I just thank God for all that. And I think one other thing is, is because I was a star of, of most of the shows that I did. So that means when they were casting, they were casting around me. Mm -hmm. Whether it was the soap and they were bringing in the new ingenue or the, the new tough guy that I have to fight with. Um, and then when they walk out, I would hear the directors and the producers make comments. And I can't tell you how edifying that was to me because I would see them do something and they would go, oh, I didn't like what he did there. Or, oh, you know, that guy, I love what he did. And I was just a computer. I just kept you know, just storing this information yeah, like a computer before there which, was computers. Which this well. is exactly what I was saying about life purpose is that you, people look at their timeline of what they've done and sometimes they go, I don't get it. It doesn't add up. But everything you've done added up to you being able to be this exceptional coach now, you know, it all in person. Yeah, in person. <laughs> well, before this, um, I was, um, I had aspirations uh, before I got in the show business. I was a fighter. I was a boxer. Oh, wow. And my goal was to go in, into the Olympics in 1980. It was boycotted, and I ended up hyper-extending my elbow, and my career changed. So I did reinvent myself, and my purpose was entertainment. Now, that uh. didn't go well with my dad because I was going to go to foot, uh, college on uh, a uh. football scholarship. Uh. <laughs> that didn't work well mm -hmm. with him. But So, you know, we're always looking. Um, if, if, if we're open to to what has been given us uh there's so much more out there than 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 we could see but i think we have to be open to it oh yes and what do you think nice. people so what do you think because your perspective is very humble and love heart-centered right and mm -hmm. that's a lot of people i think would have a happier life if they could be like that and mm -hmm. a lot of people are working on that and some are not um what do you feel because it's hard right now with with kids growing up and technology and pressure and i'm seeing some things with my daughter's friends that i'm like oh gosh they're being pressured for the weirdest things you know because of maybe social media technology so what do you feel people have to be most careful about today like compared to how it was back then well, you you hit it right in the head with social mm -hmm. media, the internet, and so on. Everything is uh, at your fingertips. So I think parents have even a more difficult time mm -hmm. today. Um, and, you know, I'm not a parent, so I can't tell you how to parent, but I think the uh, your social skills today are, are, are important because... Kids could get on that computer, especially boys, and play that Fortnite for five, six hours. Mm -hmm. They don't come out. And I'm thinking, well, what, what, you know, what is he going to do when, yeah, you know, but again, I'm not a parent, so I'm, and I'm not a judgmental person. So, but I, I, I used to come home, eat, and then I would 
go out and play until until the street lights yes. came on. Right. Yeah, you know, it's a different Nature, world outside. Today. Yeah, right. grounding. Yeah, yeah. So. These days, my my daughter was asked out on a date over text, <laughs> and then when she would see him in school, he wouldn't even talk to her. Like he, you, they don't know how to socialize. Yeah, in person, it, that happens. Well, it's a lot easier to text. I mean, me uh-huh. being a young, you know, when I was a young man, it would have been kind of easy. But um, that's a good example of of manning up a little bit because you have to look, you know, the lady in the eyes, no matter what the age is, whether you're my age or, you know, seventeen years old, and you got a crush on the, your your high school sweetheart. You got to say, listen, you know, can I take you to? You don't have to have those uh, uh, goleons to say. Let's do it. And I think the woman, uh, uh, whether it's a older woman or a younger woman, that they're going to appreciate and respect that right. type of fortitude. Right, because they're being so. respected. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and I think mm-hmm. the respect factor is very, very, very important. I think sometimes we lose it today because today, you know, everybody's afraid to do anything. I mean, it's, it's a crazy <laughs> yeah. world. Definitely. Uh, and we were raised. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's true. Well, Billy, do you have what's going on now for you? What do you do now? Well, what I do now, I work, um, I still have my real estate business and um, I, I do some um, uh, coaching about 70 hours a week. So it's a little bit. And that's my, my true passion. I'm going to do an EP. Um, I still love to sing. Yeah. So I'm going to get that out by the end of the year. Nice. Which is a lot of fun. And that's, you know, if, you know I know at least I'll sell one. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy, buy it. it. Oh, no, that's two. I'll Maybe I get two. her and I get I'll three. Jeez, now we're good. <laughs> Everyone in the room will buy yeah. it. Uh, and it's cheap, too. It's a great way. The, now, that's where the, the Internet has really helped because you mm-hmm. don't have to go get a record label. And the people that saw me, you know, 100 years ago on Fame and Still Days fans. of Our Lives. And, you know, yeah. 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 In fact, it, talk about the Teen Idol thing is I did a show called. Uh, I watched that show. I know what you're talking Which about. Which one? Confessions <laughs> of a Teen Idol. Yeah, VH1, oh, right? Oh, you, you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like that show produced by uh, they should do it again scott bale yeah it was a lot of fun you know and what was very interesting um because i knew this fellow um adrian zamed oh yeah um, i remember him it was interesting because him and um chris atkins uh had a Mm. total different growing up in the business than than i did Mm -hmm. Uh, they were a little younger number one but when they were in that teen idol they were married oh yeah, that's what Whoa, I said. That's oh, that's kind of hard. Well, that's different. <laughs> yeah. That's why I never saw them out in nightclubs uh, and all over. <laughs> yeah, now I'd be fine. Yeah. And yeah. they stayed committed. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great people. Great people. Nice. And so, but um, that, that, it was a show for entertainment, but I really learned something there. Wow. And they asked me to do a song, and um, I got to do a song, and VH1 uh, put it together and made a video. It was a lot of fun. Oh. I never. I wasn't expecting that. That was one of the that's pretty cool, cool. perk. Yeah, yeah. And they all were 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 different. They were all different. Yeah. yeah. I like. I love shows like that. They need more shows like that because it's yeah. like real life and real people well, and is. what they feel. And I love that. Not easy because you got thousand cameras and you don't know where the cameras are, and then you forget. Uh-huh. <laughs> ah. Right. Now, see, actors are going to be guarded. They're going to be thinking where. Uh, if you're not an actor, you kind of just. That's where you see people throwing plates at each other and you know that kind of thing but actors a little bit more they they see it coming well they try to trick you but they're not going to be it's tough to trick an actor because they're like oh really okay come on with that you know (laughs) which which that's why they they like non-actors to be in those shows because then it's real yeah actors are always on well they'll no they'll they'll guard themselves they won't be a fool 
Oh. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. They're going to know careful. what's coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're going to be careful. Wow. And uh, that uh, that was tough. That was tough for the producers to, to, to try to. But I think the producers did a great job. It was mm-hmm. Scott Bale. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, him and um, Jason Harvey. Hervey. Mm-hmm. Hervey. Same, yes. same thing. Harvey, uh-huh. Hervey. Yes. Great. Yeah. And they were a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was fun, fun to, then I did a reality show cause I was, I'm managing, uh, Asia, raising Asia, oh. which was, a um, a spinoff of, uh, or kind of a spinoff of, um, dance moms. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. very talented young lady. Okay. Very, very, t- yeah, it was fun. Yeah. But see, I was an actor, so they they throw me in the situation and want me to rock and roll. I'd have pro- you know, no problem doing that. And yeah. Then, but then people thought I was serious. Ah. Uh, I'm like, dude, I'm, yeah, I'm just, yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Having fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow. Go well, on this, and on. Yeah, this has been, I, I feel just so blessed that you've been a part of the show. And yeah. I feel not only are people going to learn something from from the interview, but from all of your motivational, inspirational wisdom, is so many things to just write down and remember. And mm. I just felt like it oh, was, yeah. oh, it's like taking a seminar mix with hearing an interview. Mm-hmm. So yeah. thank you very much. Well. I knew there was a feeling. I felt pulled to ask you. And we keep in touch on Facebook. So it's mm-hmm. an honor to meet you in person. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. yeah love, thank you so much. Thank for being you. Here. Thank you for having me. For more information on Eden, go to EdenSuston.com. For more information on Kim, go to KimLifeCoach.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.